and welcome to Girls Talk Cyber, GTC, the podcast to help young people feel empowered, educated, and engaged on all things cybersecurity. My name's Jules, and I'm joined by my co-host, Em. Hey, everyone. In this podcast, we want to take away the tech bro cybersecurity jargon and give you the opportunity to understand this incredibly exciting space to help you redefine how you act online. We're going to be covering a wide range of topics this season, from teaching you how to bolster your online security to interviewing amazing women who work in this field and taking a peek behind the curtain into the dark web. And don't worry, here at GTC, we're a judgment-free zone. We don't want to scare you off Facebook or shame job you for clicking a link. No, no, no. We're here to get you involved in the conversation and make you feel as though in the event of a cyber attack or a scary online occurrence, you have the tools and resources to deal with it. And to keep the conversation going, Em and I have set up a Facebook group and Instagram account for our GTC community to ask questions, share cybersecurity stories, and keep up to date with the latest tips and tricks. Let's get into it, Em. Okay, today's episode is a fun one. It's going to be a big one, but it's going to be fun. Yes. We are going to run you through the rumblings of a cyber attack. How does it start? What does it look like? This will help you identify and avoid a cyber attack quicker than you can say GTC because you know what to look out for. Mm -hmm. We're also going to take a look at who is behind these cyber attacks and the type of people sitting behind a computer pulling these off may surprise you. Oh, I can't wait. Let's jump into it then, shall we? Okay, so all these cyber attacks we keep talking about, Mm -hmm. um, I want to know first up, who is actually behind these? Can we unpack that straight away? Let's do it. So the bad guys can have a range of motivation based on how much money they have, how much effort and time they're willing to invest, and this will change who they are. Yeah, it doesn't really sound like a cyber attack's a walk in the park. No, exactly. So some bad guys are more politically driven than others. These are people uh, like nation states or terrorist groups, and they're generally looking to get classified information that can cause damage to governments, critical infrastructure, or damage reputations. Think warfare level stuff. Scary stuff. Yeah. Or you also have your hacktivists who use hacking and cyber attacks to protest. That's a little more interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's like top level bad guy stuff. Other types of actors might have less money and people power behind them. And these people, you're looking at people who are attacking for revenge. Think pissed off partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, People who want to publish confidential information. Think disgruntled employee or a whistleblower kind of energy. And would they be wanting to sell that information? Yeah, potentially. Okay. Or just damage reputation. Mm -hmm. Or you've also got those big crime groups using cyber attacks to gain money for business. Okay. There's a lot of different subgroups going on here. Uh Uh-huh. And we can't forget about like the less sophisticated actors, probably with the less money and motivation, but can do just as much damage. These threat actors are referred to as script kiddies. Script kiddies? Script kiddies. Okay. Basically teenagers testing out their online tools and crashing systems. Almost kind of like it's a game and they're kind of just trying to get a notch on their belt to show off to their friends and maybe get some extra cash as well. Sounds like threat actors can come in a range of different shapes and sizes. Yes. Um, Cyber Queens, this one's for you. Let us know if you'd like to hear more about some cool hacks pulled off by different threat actor groups um, for other episodes. Yeah, there's a lot there that we'd like to deep dive into. So let us know. Now we want to go back and answer the second question of today's episode. What does a cyber attack look like? Is there a way to catch them out and prevent them early before they've actually happened? 
Yeah, for sure. There are a bunch of different ways bad guys are trying to attack people online. Yeah. How about all of those um, cybersecurity buzzwords in the media recently, like scams, phishing, and not the fish and chip type, um, and <laughs> oh. ransomware? It's, it's like they're trying to freak people out who don't know much about the topic. Yeah, so we want to decode this space and this language to make our listeners feel a little more comfortable. Yeah, all of those things mentioned, scam, fish, ransomware, are all attempts to steal your data, uh, maybe even damage your data, disrupt how you're engaging online. Um, This is what we call a cyber threat. Okay, so a cyber threat is before the actual cyber attack happens. Yeah, exactly. For example, if I'm thinking about this in a kind of a traditional crime context, Mm -hmm. such as a robber robbing a house, the robber is hiding in the bush, waiting for me to go out with the girls so they can rob my house. That's the cyber threat. So the robber is the cyber threat. Yeah, the robber's hiding in the bush right now. They're the threat but they haven't done anything yet. So if I see the robber in the bush and then I call the police and the robber gets sent to jail, I've prevented the robbing or I've prevented the cyber attack from actually happening. Right. And if I didn't catch the robber and then proceeded to go out with the girls and then the robber successfully robbed the place, then that is the cyber attack. It actually happened. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, but just like real-life threats, cyber threats can come in a range of different types and sophistication levels. So let's go through the most common and interesting cyber threats and start with uh, the buzzword you mentioned earlier, phishing, because God knows they're super common. Yeah, this one just makes me think of the mandatory cyber training (laughs) our unis or workplaces put out, and I reckon schools are probably doing it now too. And not going to lie, I do sometimes find it pretty boring. Yeah, look, I don't think you're alone on that. Um... But they are really important. And because they're so common, they're so good to be aware of. Okay. So, Jules, do you have an explanation in there for what is phishing that's not going to put me to sleep? Yeah. Promise I'll be quick. But there's mainly – so there's two ways you can think of phishing. The first way is the traditional way. You're sitting at the end of a jetty. You've got your fishing rod in your hand. You've got the bait on the hook and you're looking for a nice catch for dinner. This is phishing with an F. 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 The other way is phishing with a PH and occurs online. To be honest, though, it actually shares a lot of similarity with the traditional phishing that our dads love. Really? How so? Cyber phishing is all about getting people's sensitive information, such as phone numbers, home addresses, bank details, license numbers, etc. The way this is done is usually through emails, which sometimes look really legitimate and aim to encourage you to provide those details or click a link or attachment in the email. Okay, so in this example, I'm still literally a fish, no matter PH or F. Yep, you're a fish. So I'm nibbling at the bait, and the bait is the encouraging words of an attacker telling me a Nigerian prince is awaiting my bank details so he can give me his inheritance? Yeah, yep, sure. And the bad guy is sitting on the jetty trying to catch me at my worst. Mm -hmm. Hook, line, and sinker. Great. I do have a three-second memory of a goldfish, so that's probably an accurate example, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Something to keep an eye out for in phishing attempts is understanding the power of a concept called social engineering. Social engineering. Let me break that down. Social engineering is where someone literally tries to make you do something by playing on your emotions and human weaknesses. For example, someone lies and tells you they need your money to help support their unwell sister just so they can get your bank account details. They're playing with your emotion to help and make you feel guilty if you don't help. Pretty sneaky stuff. Yeah, so you need to have your wits about you in case those bad guys start pulling at your heartstrings to get you to click the link. Yeah, like those high mum scams we talked about in episode one. Yeah, exactly. Just like those. So 
What does the combination of phishing and a social engineering email look like? So the emails tend to look like um, you know, a few different common styles, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the ones we see really commonly are, you know, is an email pretending to be something like PayPal, trying to get your bank details, yep. um, maybe your account's blocked or something like that. It might look like a message or email from your boss or or someone senior at your school or university asking you to do something really quickly, really urgently. They need you right now. It might be a good time to ask, how can you avoid phishing emails with all this being said and done? Yeah, there may not be ways to guarantee avoiding them completely, but there are ways to think more critically about them and call their bluff. Okay. So logging directly into the website is yep. one of them. Mm-hmm. So rather than clicking on the link, um, you know, if the if the text says that your PayPal account is blocked or something like that, go check it out manually. Yeah. You know, pop, pop PayPal into your browser and, and go f- go through it manually. Mm-hmm. Um, looking for spelling mistakes or grammar mistakes, things that don't, you know, just don't feel right with yeah. the email content. Do you even know who the sender is? Have you actually verified that that's the sender's normal email address? Yes. And then assessing what the email is asking you to do and whether Mm. it's really, really urgent. I actually can't think of many situations where someone might need my personal details urgently. Yes. So urgently that they can't even pick up the phone and give me a phone call. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think where there's urgency and um, a request for sensitive information, just hold your horses a little bit and think about it. So it sounds like it can sometimes be really obvious addressed to the wrong person, but sometimes they can be really sneaky and a little bit harder to detect. Yeah, and it can actually get a little bit worse with spear phishing. Wait, what? Spear phishing? I was nibbling, now I'm getting speared. Yeah, spear phishing is a little bit terrifying. Spear phishing is when an individual has actually been targeted. So the email sent through to you as a spear fish is basically an attempt to manipulate you in some way, but it's really, really detailed and it's tailored to you. It's customized to you. So someone has literally gone out, done all their open source research on you. They've found your name. Maybe they've found who your family members are or who you you work work with or something like that. And they've actually handcrafted a message which should pull at all those heartstrings, should, you know, you should look at it and go, oh, I know who George is down the street or whatever, Mm. whatever. So... They're really tricky sometimes to detect because at first glance, everything makes sense. There's not those really big clues and red flags that are bright and shining in the email, which is your grammar mistakes, your font changes, Mm. weird email addresses, all of those sorts of things. It's a little more subtle. So phishing is the bulk generic messages we're getting and spear phishing is the lower level this is directed to you. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a bucket load of different types of phishing uh, or phishing threats, but for today, we're just looking at normal fishing and spear fishing. So keep those spidey senses on. Absolutely. Okay, we definitely got a little little bit sidetracked there. We um, but fishing isn't the only cyber threat out there. No. There are plenty of cyber threats in the sea you should be aware of. First up, malware. Malware. Malware is a massive cyber threat today. But what the heck even is malware? Malware just means malicious software, which now I think of it, it's kind of a shipped name, like when Justin and Selena got together and they became Jelena. Jelena. Yeah. And malware. That was same, beautiful. Same. <laughs> but malware, malicious software, is when a bad guy specifically designs a cheat in software to do something sneaky, mm. like take information, get access to things without you knowing, or start tracking a device. Ugh, gives me the heebie-jeebies, but 
I think it's still a bit confusing. We know where the name came from, but how do I get malware? And more importantly, how do I avoid it? Malware can't just magically appear on your computer or phone. You've got to get it from somewhere or let it in. This could be clicking on a link from one of those dodgy phishing emails that we chatted about a bit earlier yep. or um, you know, downloading a dodgy file onto your computer. Yeah, and God, this takes me back. Remember those days when you'd download a song or movies of really dodgy-looking sites on the family computer and the next day it was just hell slow and we were all probably just downloading malware and cooking the family computer? My bad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mum and Dad. Um, Yeah, exactly. So malware is a cyber threat that we can look out for by being careful about what we download onto our computer only downloading from reputable sites and steering clear of any kind of dodgy-looking free software downloads. Yeah. I think now is a good time to introduce Malware's cousin, Ransomware, which, you guessed it, is another shipping name. No, not Brangelina, but the combination of Ransom and Malware. And as the name suggests, Ransomware is a type of malware that locks your device down until Ransom, a big bucket of cash, is paid. Yeah, I feel like I've heard ransomware in the news a lot lately as well. It's been a bit of a buzzword, but it's incredibly scary. Um, It's almost like experiencing a two-for-one sucker punch. First, you can't access your files, right? Mm -hmm. Everything's shut down. Um, And the second thing is someone's demanding that you pay a really huge, absorbent amount of cash uh, to get those files back. That would be awful. Yeah. And while ransomware is targeting big companies with bigger wallets normally, this cyber threat can still be useful to know about for our cyber queens. And a quick way to avoid a ransomware headache is to make sure all your important files are backed up to a USB or a hard drive. Okay, moving away from the family tree of malware. Yeah, the last cyber threat we are chatting about today are zero-day exploits. Okay, I'm going to say it, but what the heck are they? Okay, you know how once a month or so your phone or your laptop or both um, mm-hmm. requests you to restart the device? And yeah, we all know it's really inconvenient. It feels like such a chore because it takes forever to reboot and it's always at the worst timing. But <laughs> what your device is actually doing is patching a bunch of holes or flaws in your software. This is called security patching. And those holes in cybersecurity world are considered vulnerabilities. Parts of your devices which are vulnerable to being exploited or vulnerable to something negative occurring. Think of a vulnerability like a hole in a parachute. If the hole exists, the skydiver may have a dangerous landing. But if the hole is patched and sewed up, the skydiver should land safely. Mm-hmm. And whilst it may take a while to patch your parachute, I think it's definitely worth it in the long run, right? Right. And we're never really told about the importance of patching because you buy the iPhone and walk off. But malicious actors, bad guys, are hunting out those vulnerabilities or holes as we speak and attack them as a way into your network or device. They know these holes exist, and you should too. Yeah, you don't even know you have a parachute on. Your tech giants have got your back and they pack it for you. Um, But it definitely is still your job to patch it and allow that update to happen. Yeah, another thing to think about is... It's one thing to identify a vulnerability, a hole in your parachute, but another thing to exploit the vulnerability and basically use it to achieve an end goal. For example, a bad guy using a vulnerability to get a hold of your network. For sure. Another way I've thought about this in the past, and it could be a bit ridiculous, (laughs) is through my hate for running. Um, I dislike running. It's not the sport for me. That's fine. I've never really liked it. So gosh, did I hate doing cross country in high school, all those oh. athletics carnivals, whatever it was, the worst. Me too. Um, 
if the cross-country course is the system in mm-hmm. this example, I will constantly be looking for flaws and mistakes in the cross-country course, which will allow me to shortcut so I have less running to do. Mm-hmm. Every time I find a shortcut, it's like a vulnerability which I can use to cheat my way to the finish line. When I use that shortcut, that's me exploiting the course vulnerability to get to my end goal. Does that kind of make sense? Obviously, it's a pretty innocent example, but hopefully you get the yeah, idea. Totally. So if there's a shortcut to get to my data that bypasses security, a malicious actor will try to exploit it. Yeah, so a zero-day exploit in particular got its name because it means those in charge of the tech and patching haven't yet noticed that the vulnerability exists. Like, they don't even realise there's a hole in the parachute. Thus, they don't even need to sew it up, right? But the bad guys know. And once those in charge realise they have a hole, they have zero days to fix it because it's already out there. They're already behind the eight ball. Yeah. Big tech companies, Apple, Google, Microsoft, they're constantly looking for these vulnerabilities. It's literally some people's whole entire day job. That sounds like a pretty cool job, to be honest. I know. Fascinating. Go find There's a lot of pressure, though, I think. Yeah, true. A lot of of people's devices riding in your shoulders, I suppose. Yeah, true. So hopefully you're good at what you do. (laughs) Hopefully. But each month or cycle, the tech giants prompt everyone using their devices to do an update. This update will patch all the holes they've found during the time period prior. Let the updates happen. Let them happen. It's inconvenient, but turn the computer on and off again. And we're also going to make Instagram posts every time we hear about a zero-day patch being made available to the public. So we all know, all of us cyber queens know, this is the time I have to turn my phone on and off again to make sure I'm as secure as I can be and there's no holes in my system. Awesome. Keep an eye out for those tips and tricks. What a mammoth episode. A fishy episode. (laughs) I got... I nibbled on a fishing rod. I got speared. I parachuted out of a plane with holes in it. All in one episode. And don't forget, you you got your house robbed as well. My house robbed. That's right. Remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All in the name of cyber threats. That's right. So we've talked about a bunch of different cyber threats today. Um, Obviously, fishing subheading, spear phishing, Um, ransomware, malware, tech vulnerabilities, patching and updates. Zero-day exploits. Zero-day exploits. That is such niche content. I'm so proud of the Cyber Queens for learning about that one. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not as doom as gloom as it sounds. Doom as gloom. It's not doom as gloom as... (laughs) 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 I'm telling you. It's not as doom and gloom as it sounds. The more you're in tune with what cyber attacks may look like and where they might be coming from and for what reason, the better equipped you are at understanding what you hear in the news and protecting yourself from cyber attacks that you're exposed to, like phishing attacks. Final bit of messaging from me on this, cyber threats are all over the place and they're always going to be all over the place. So keep your spidey senses tingling. Yeah, if you've been scammed or involved in some sort of weird cyber incident and lost personal information or money, we will also leave links on how to report this to Report Cyber, a page where you can report cybercrime, incidents or vulnerability. Okay, that brings us to the end of today's episode. A bit of a scary one, but we hope you learn a bit more about cyber threats and where they come from. As always, you can keep the conversation going over in our Facebook group, Girls Talk Cyber, to share your cyber stories with us and each other. And head over to our Instagram to keep an eye out for any tips, tricks, and all those security patches that we mentioned earlier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Bye.